Good evening, everybody. It's a joy to see you here tonight, just to spend this special time uh, together um, praising the Lord and thanking Him for all of His benefits. Um, and just to let you know kind of what we're going to do for an order of service tonight is I'm going to give a, you know, a short 55-minute message right now. No, I'm um, but a short message, and then, uh, and then we'll sing two songs, then we'll have a time of testimony, and then, uh, and then when it seems like we're pretty much done with that, we'll sing one final song and then uh, close with prayer. So uh, I'm just going to start off uh, by praying, and then we'll start looking at God's Word a little bit, and then we'll have our songs. Um, but let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for the chance we have this evening to gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ, and in the midst of the busyness of our lives, just set everything aside for a few moments to think about you and to think about all the good and perfect gifts that have come down from you this year. Uh, Father, we thank you that uh, we can give thanks in all circumstances, knowing that all circumstances come to us as we are in your Son, Jesus Christ. And, Father, that they all have a part to play in your eternal glory and our eternal good. And so, Father, I pray that tonight would be a great blessing for us who have gathered here. Um, And I pray that you would even uh, help me as I share over these next few minutes uh, how we can cultivate thankfulness in our own lives. I pray that this would have an effect uh, for this coming week as we think about the holiday of Thanksgiving coming up. But most of all, as we think about how to live a life that honors Christ by being marked by thankfulness. And so, do a work in our hearts, we pray, by your Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we wanted to set aside some time this evening uh, as a church uh, just to kind of have a family get-together and just thank the Lord for what He's been doing in our lives and what He's been teaching us. Because uh, if we're not careful, sometimes Thanksgiving, this is the analogy I thought of, Thanksgiving can sneak up on us uh, like a turkey by surprise. I, and I'm sure you know the, the feeling. You're going about your daily business, complaining about this and feeling disgusted about that, and you're picking at that issue and pecking at that issue. And all of a sudden, Thanksgiving springs out from around the corner, grabs you by the neck, and suddenly you're confronted with this horrifying thought, what are you thankful for? You know what I mean? Or am I the only one? <laughs> we can fall into a cycle of cynicism and the Thanksgiving holiday can frankly shake us up pretty badly, um, which is really good. But Thanksgiving can sometimes catch us by surprise and throw us into a kind of spiritual daze as we laughably struggle to keep up appearances on the holiday, right? What are you thankful for? Um, well, I'm, you know, I'm thankful for, for, for so much, just so much. Well, what are you thankful for? What, what, what has he done? Well, uh, you know, my life's, uh, my, 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 my life is not as bad as it, it could be, right? Um, Maybe that's you this season. I really can't think of anything right now that I'm sincerely thankful for. Um, see, far too often Thanksgiving catches us by surprise, and you want to know why? It's because for too, too many of us, we delegate Thanksgiving to one day a year rather than the spirit of thankfulness and a heart set of thankfulness that we ought to have throughout the year, and it shows. But Thanksgiving is not supposed to be a holiday. It's supposed to be a way of life. Paul says in Ephesians 5.20, Give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 
Thanksgiving is to be our way of life as believers and our attitude every single day. Thanksgiving is something that we are to practice and cultivate daily as a spiritual discipline so that it becomes our natural disposition. So, the question is, how are we to do that? How are we to do that? Well, as we've been going through Colossians, that mentions that book mentions thankfulness directly seven times. And I'd just like to briefly share this evening three ways from the first chapter of Colossians of how you can cultivate thanksgiving in your own life. And so this service is uh, supposed to be an aid towards that. So the first way to cultivate thanksgiving uh, is to observe grace. That's in verses 3 through 5 of Colossians chapter 1. The second way to cultivate thankfulness is to reflect on salvation from verses 11 through 14. And the final way to cultivate thanksgiving is to proclaim Christ. And that's in verses 24 through 29 of Colossians chapter 1. And so if you desire to cultivate the virtue of thankfulness in your life and expand thanksgiving beyond just one day a week, then you and I must observe grace, reflect on salvation, and proclaim Christ this week and for the rest of our lives. And so if you're looking in Colossians chapter 1, I want you to see the first point. Colossians 1, 3 through 5 talks about how we ought to observe grace in order to cultivate a spirit of thanksgiving. Paul writes, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we have heard heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. So Paul says here that we are to be always, that he was always thankful when he thought of and prayed for the believers there in Colossae. Why? Because as verses 4 through 5 says, we heard about God's grace at work in your life, right? We have heard about your faith. We've heard about your love. We've heard about your hope that you have in Christ Jesus that's growing. And so I give thanks when I think about you. Hearing about how God is at work in the lives of others produces thanksgiving in us. So that's why we're doing this service. That's why we're doing this service, so that as we hear various testimonies tonight of how God has been working in others, we would grow in our appreciation of how God is working in us. And so if you want to grow in thankfulness, observe grace. Find out what God is teaching and doing in the lives of those around you. Second, reflect on salvation if you want to cultivate a spirit of thankfulness. This is in verses 11 through 14. Paul prays there in verses 11 through 12, May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Listen to this, verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father. Why? Oh, because he's the one who's done three things for you. First, he's qualified you. He says in the end of verse 12, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. This verse says that God has qualified us. He has given us the right and the privilege to the glorious inheritance in heaven. Notice you did not qualify yourself. God qualified you. He made you fit for this heavenly inheritance. It is by God's grace that we are saved. We are saved by trusting what Jesus Christ has done for us. It is totally God. And when we remember this, that helps us have a spirit of thanksgiving. We are qualified because God has credited to us the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.11 says, Remember that at one time... You Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, 
and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. So in other words, let me break that down for you. Believer, remember that at one time you were Christless, you were stateless, you were promiseless, you were hopeless, and you were godless. You were completely unqualified to share in the inheritance of the saints in life. That is what state you once were in. And add to that Ephesians 4, 17 through 19, where we learn that we walked in the futility of our minds. We were darkened in our understanding. We were alienated from the life of God. We were ignorant, hardened, callous, given to sensuality, greed, and the practice of every kind of impurity. That is what it means to be completely and utterly disqualified. You are not sitting here tonight saved because you were a good person. You're saved here tonight because as a sinner, God chose to qualify you for what you were eternally unqualified for. And that's where the magnitude of 2 Corinthians 5.21 comes in where we consider that God made him who knew no sin, that's Jesus Christ, to be sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. God qualified us to his eternal inheritance through the death of his son, Jesus Christ, on our behalf. No wonder Paul says here in Colossians 1, give thanks to God the Father who has qualified us. We ought to praise God that out of his own pleasure and will, he has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Praise God, he has qualified us who were eternally disqualified. So first, the Father qualified you. That's something to be thankful for tonight. If you're struggling to come up with a testimony, right there one is. Here's a second one for you. That second, he delivered you. It says in the beginning of verse 13, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness. In other words, he brought us out from what we once were. He rescued us from the domain of darkness. The moment you trusted in Jesus Christ, God delivered you from the powerful clutches of sin, Satan, and death. He shattered Satan's chains which surrounded us by shedding his own blood on the cross in our place. That's why Hebrews 2 verse 14 says this, Through death he destroyed the one who had the power over death, that is the the devil, and delivered all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. That is what you once were under. But God delivered us from the domain of darkness by the immeasurable greatness of his power, proving that he has power over Satan and sin and death. And so while Satan may try to tempt us and sin may try to snare us and death may try to scare us, we know that God has delivered us and given us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. No matter what we face in life, no matter what we face in life, we know that we have been delivered by God and have already overcome because he who is in us is greater than anything that is found in this world. We have been delivered from the domain of darkness and so we should not lose sight of the magnitude of this. We have been delivered in Jesus. That's something to be thankful for. That's a second testimony if you're wondering what you can be thankful for tonight. That you've been delivered from that domain of darkness. So the Father qualified you. He's delivered you. Third, He's transferred you. That's in verse 13 into verse 14 where it says He's transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. God completely pulled you out of a past that was ruled by darkness and despair and the devil and He has transported you into a realm ruled by the Son of His great love. Now we're in Christ and Christ is in us who have trusted in Him by faith. And what shall separate us from the love of God in Christ? Nothing. 
We have been transferred into the Son of God's love, our Lord Jesus Christ. And in Him, verse 14 says, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Right? We who have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God have been justified freely by the gift that is through the redemption in Christ Jesus. And now our sins are fully paid for. And as Psalms uh, 103 verse 12 says, it's been removed from us as far as the east is from the west. So God has transferred us into the Son of His love in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And that's something to be thankful for. Psalmist David himself declared this in Psalms 32, 1-2, where he said this, Blessed, happy, joyful, those are all the same kind of terms, is the one whose lawless deeds have been forgiven, and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. That is us. Tonight, if you have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, your sins are not on your account. They were placed on Christ. And you are redeemed and forgiven and you are transferred into the kingdom of God's beloved Son. He has qualified you, He has delivered you, and He has transferred you by His grace. That is something to be thankful for. And Paul says, you want to live a thankful life? Then reflect on the glory of your salvation. Reflect on your salvation. Reflect on the divine love that rests upon you in Christ. Tonight is an opportunity for us as a church to do exactly that. As Jesus said in John 15, verse 9, abide in my love. In other words, reflect on it. Dwell in it. As Jude 24 says, keep yourself in the love of God. Let the love of God be your home, your base of operations. Why? So that Jesus says your joy may be full. No matter what's going on in your life, in your marriage, in your job, or in the world, you always have something to be eternally thankful for. God, in his sovereign and mysterious purpose, has saved you by his grace. And so if you desire to expand thanksgiving to God beyond just one day a year, and if you desire to be thankful to him throughout the year, then observe grace Reflect on salvation, and then finally, really quickly, verses 24 through 25, proclaim Christ. Proclaim Christ. Paul says here in verse 24 of chapter 1, Now I reflect, and now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And you say, well, why in the world would you rejoice in that? Well, it's because in his sufferings, at the end of verse 25 points out, he was making the word of God fully known. And as verse 28 says, he was proclaiming Christ. It was in that that he had joy. That's why Paul was rejoicing here. That's why it's because Jesus was being proclaimed as Philemon 1 verse 20, or Philippians 1 verse 20 says, all he desired was that Christ would be honored in his body, whether by life or by death. So here we see the third way to cultivate thanksgiving in our lives is to proclaim Christ. Proclaim the good news. Proclaim the word of God. As 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 15 states, spread the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere and rejoice in the fact that whether you suffer or not for your proclamation of Christ, every time you open your mouth and you share the truths of Jesus, you are to God the very fragrance of his own beloved son. So that's something to be thankful for. That is something to be thankful for. I don't know what holiday traditions you have, but it wouldn't be a bad holiday tradition for every Thanksgiving around the meal to remind everyone of how thankful we ought to be simply to be saved, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. Every time you proclaim Christ, 
is a reason to be thankful. And tonight is another opportunity to do just that. And so that's what we see from Colossians chapter 1. Paul was filled with joy and thanksgiving because he made a practice of observing grace, reflecting on salvation, and proclaiming Jesus. You can too. Thanksgiving doesn't have to be relegated to one day a year. It can be a spirit that you carry into every day. It takes discipline. It is a spiritual discipline. But if we if we observe grace, reflect on salvation, and proclaim Jesus, then every day can be Thanksgiving. And so let's practice and let's start tonight as a church. Let's follow Paul's lead and cultivate thankfulness together as we choose to observe grace, reflect on salvation, and proclaim Jesus for the glory of God by sharing our testimonies tonight together. And so what we're going to do is we're going to sing two songs, and then you guys got an opportunity. That's when the microphone's handed over to you, and I'd like to hear, uh, we'd all like to hear the testimonies of what God has been doing in your life. Let's give him the glory as his people. Um, just in the past couple of years, God's been really reminding me of his keeping and how very grateful I am for how he keeps us um, and also helps us. Uh, Matthew 12 in 1820, I was talking about Jesus. It says, he, here's my servant, a smoldering wick he will not quench. So it just reminds me that when I feel like my faith is almost gone, he is faithful. He will not snuff it out, but he will gently blow on it until it burns brightly again. And Also in Jeremiah, it says, I will inspire them to fear me so that they will never turn away from me. I just love that, that he keeps me. He's just faithful to make sure that I'm never going to turn away from him. And then it goes on to say how much he helps us. It says, I will rejoice in doing them good. He doesn't just do us good, but he takes pleasure in doing us good. That's just kind of overwhelming to me. And then in Hebrews 4.16, it says we can approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we will find mercy and grace to help us. I don't deserve his help, but he rejoices to give me his help, and he rejoices in keeping me. And then one of my favorites is from um, Psalm 121, verses 7 and 8. It says, the Lord will keep you. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. I'm thankful for God's faithfulness because he never gives up on me. Even though I'm often unfaithful to him and I often forget what he's done for me. He gently continues to teach me and shape me despite my resistance. Lamentation 3, 22 and 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come on and to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So there's a general one. A more specific one is, I'm thankful he granted me reconciliation with my sister this past year. Um, after three years of hostilities, uh, he showed us our sin, he showed us the way, and he changed our hearts. So there's many scripture passages on unity, but the one that I wanted to share was Psalm 133. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. So it is good, it is pleasant. And one that I didn't think of until just now was, I am very thankful for the church. 
uh, as I witness what some of our uh, family are going through, I'm often struck by the benefit that God gives us in just placing us in a church family, that we can share um, our difficulties, that we can uh, have folks pray for us. Um, I guess I've just come to appreciate it more and more over the years, God placing us in the church. You know, sometimes as a young parent, you um, observe your children and wonder, gee whiz, how are they going to turn out? <laughs> you know, when they fuss or feud a little bit. Or sometimes when you lose a patient, your patience as a parent, you're like, whoops, that was really well. How's that going to go over as they grow up? But you know, Kathy and I are really blessed to have uh, five children who also have five spouses who love the Lord. So we're blessed to see that in their lives as they mature and grow and now raise their own kids to be able to sit back and watch them raising their children in godly ways and making it a priority to also get to church. So we appreciate that and are very grateful and thankful to God for that. Okay, so... um I know for me, I struggle many times with worrying and feeling anxious about what's going to happen, how's this going to go, and I have found that many times when I'm feeling anxious, it's because I'm not looking to the Lord and realizing how much he has done for me. Um, So it really reminds me of in Philippians 4, and it's a passage that we hear all the time, right? Um, But it's just such a good reminder to us. So Philippians 4. And it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So it's just a good reminder for me when I'm feeling anxious about something. Don't just, you know, we need to offer it to the Lord, but also thank him for the things that he's already done for us. And so that's my encouragement. So I have a lot to be thankful for, and I'm truly blessed, so we might be here a while. (laughs) So a good friend of mine named Forrest once said that farming is like a box of chocolates. (laughs) You never know what you're going to get. And that is so true uh, with weather and price and everything. But um, Genesis 8.22 says, As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest will never cease. And I am so thankful for that. We had a great harvest this year, the best corn crop of my lifetime. Um, The last two years has been not so good with the drought. And this was a great year. And uh, what a blessing. And what fun to be out in creation and see the seed go in the ground and see it grow. Um, nothing that I did. Um, I planted it, so forth. But the truth is, nothing that I did. And that we had a bumper crop. And uh, I'm just so blessed. That was awesome. So thankful. Um, so moving on to the other things. 
Um, two years ago, two years ago, I could run. Not very fast, but I could run. <laughs> and two years ago, I could play the games with the teens, and I could give Brody and Gabe a little bit of this uh, when it got out of hand, and I could sort hogs better than anybody. I could load a load of hogs in no time. Um, and I could bend over and put my shoes and socks on. Uh, today, I have feet, and I can walk fast most days. I have a voice that I can yell at Brody and Gabe and those guys, <laughs> and I can encourage them. And I have the best guys to load hogs ever. And whoever invented grabbers is the best guy ever. Because I can put my shoes and socks on. And if there was an Olympic sport, I would win with grabbers. <clears throat> so I have an incurable cancer, unless the Lord chooses to cure it. And I have restrictions for my hip. But I can plant my corn. I can, I can do anything that I put my mind to it. And then we are. Two years ago, I was right where the plan for Christ and for God wanted my life to be. And today, I'm in that same plan. And what a blessing. Praise the Lord. I, I could not ask for any more blessings through that. I'm so thankful to be right where I'm at. Um, God has so blessed me over the two years. And seeing Steve this morning reminded me I have not thanked my church family. Thank you for praying for me. Um, you know, the, the times in the hospital and I I know my church family was praying for me that the kids and the teens sent me cards and what a blessing. That was just awesome. Um, I'm so thankful for my church family. I'm so thankful for my family, Uh, my wonderful wife and kids, um, to see me through that, uh, don't take that for granted. Don't take your family and your church family. Um, I couldn't come during that time. Of course, a lot of people couldn't from COVID, but I missed being here. And um, just so blessed, uh, so thankful for God's grace. Um, we're, I'm right where God's plan is, and I'm so thankful for that. Thankful for my church family. Um, what a blessing. And uh just looking back and how things happened and what happened, um, man, there, there was no better. I'm just praising God. Uh, it was a great two years. Uh, even clear down to the peanut butter and jelly Uncrustable that came in the room when I couldn't eat anything else. And it was like, oh, this is really good. <laughs> so little things like that were just like, wow, you know, and I'm praising God for that. So, um, I just am thankful for God's plan, God's perfect plan in my life, and that I can rest assured in that and know that he has a perfect plan for me. I don't know how you could, how you could function any other way. So what a blessing. hoping I could convince Jeremy to speak before me. So, um, uh, Matt, I'm going to echo what you said. What um, 
what a blessing this church body is. Um, so many of you carried us through this summer. Um, you prayed for us faithfully. You loved us. You fed us for over a month um, while I was kind of incapacitated. But um, I'm going to echo then what Steve said. This summer was hard. It was miserable at times, um, but full of blessing. Um, and Matt, you say that God's timing is perfect. It, that became abundantly clear this year, this summer, his timing on everything. And to know that we're always in the palm of his hand is such a comfort. Um, but I had a big, long speech prepared, like 20 pages, but um, I don't want to keep you here all night. So I'm just going to let the Lord's word uh, speak my heart. So these verses were just um, really meaningful to me this summer, and I'm going to read them in the order that they blessed me. This is from 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort. Uh, I believe we were shown great mercy this summer. And Definitely comforted. Who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And we had people reach out to us and call. um, Bill, you called Jeremy out of nowhere and and just told him that I wasn't crazy. And just to give me a lot of grace and patience, and I appreciate that. And Amy, you calling me and texting me and just saying this won't last forever um, was a great uh, comfort to me. And then Psalm 28, 6 through 9, the Lord led me to this verse when uh, Jeremy had his eye surgery. And we both knew that the outcome probably wasn't going to be good. Um, But by God's mercy, it was just a miracle. He touched Jeremy's eye. And this is where the Lord led me. Blessed be the Lord. For he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts. And with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. O save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. I, th- that literally was the first verse I fell upon when the doctor told me the excellent news of Jeremy's surgery. And then today, this is a little bit long, but it says perfectly everything I think that my heart wants to convey tonight. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. 
Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I did a lot of stumbling this summer, didn't I? (laughs) I will walk with the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, even when I said, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of my salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all of his people. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all of his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst. O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. I think it must just be the year to be thankful for our church family. (laughs) Um, I know I'd never really thought about the benefits of having a church family, and um, what a comfort they can be. Um, And then when I was pregnant with Addison, I had a really rough last few months of my pregnancy, and uh, some days I I couldn't get out of bed. It was so hard. Um, Couldn't even lift my arms to send a text message sometimes. And um, I know the women of this church just surrounded me, and whether it was just knowing they were praying for me or, uh, like my mom said, just feeding my family. Um, They did that for months, really. And then even after she was born, when I needed extra help and was in the hospital, um, they just continued to be that help. And just the texts and the phone calls I received, um, there was just no better comfort than knowing that I had so many people out there that were praying for me. And um, again, the day that my parents' garage burnt down, um, I remember driving out to go see my family after it happened, and I wasn't really sure um, what I was going to walk in on or what I was going to see. But what I saw was my parents' driveway lined with cars. And it reminded me of the day that my brother Samuel passed away. All of those people, all of you guys from our church just came and you were sitting with my family. You were hugging my siblings. You were praying with us. And that was just one of the most amazing things in both of those days. I will always have that memory of of the grief, the sadness, the the fear, but 
our church family was there and they were speaking truth to us and they were loving us. And um, the verse that I think of when I think of what the Lord has taught me in this past year is uh, Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And you guys have borne our burdens and my whole family is so thankful for you guys. Sorry, Sam, you have to wait. Oh. So, first off, I do I do want to thank uh, all you guys for the food. Uh, it's no small thing to feed my family, and it was really, really, really good food, too. We, uh, Me and the boys kind of had a good time, you know, judging some cooking. And we, we had, uh, we, I don't want to let too many secrets out of the bag, but we... <laughs> we we uh the boys and I we have some favorite cooks in the congregation so we we just want to thank you all for for everything um and also uh I would like to say especially how thankful I am in a, in the midst of all the hardships we had um you know I think of Garrett what a fine young man he is and he's grown up and he he took a beautiful bride and we're so happy to have her in our family our family's grown, and, and what a blessing from God that is. And just thank you all again. Pat McGill, you may have won. You know, like like Pastor Zach said, Thanksgiving comes, and you think, well, what am I going to tell people I'm thankful for? By thinking, God blesses us daily. And, you know, I don't think it's fair to say these are big things and little things. You know, they're all big if you don't have them, you know. So, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that even though I'm uh, comfortably past a half a, uh, a century, I still can get up in the morning and move around okay and... And, uh, you know, I wake up in my own house with a roof and I'm not froze and I don't have to worry about eating. You know, I know there's going to be something neat when I get to the kitchen. Um, I live in a community where I'm not afraid to, to walk around. Um, I'm in a church that for 50 years has taught the truth. And, you know, as, as growing up, uh, my mom and dad, their English was pretty good. You know, they didn't say ain't a lot and um but that helped in school because you know I, i'm not a real avid student so you know when you're in english it just comes naturally that what proper grammar is because that's all you heard so it's the same thing uh growing up in church taught the truth you know you're not fighting with bad doctrine that you grew up with you grew up with, with solid teaching and uh, I'm thankful for a church like, like they've uh, people have said, a, a, a church that cares for each other. It feels like family. I, I've said before. Sometimes I have to stop and think. Now, genetically, who's related to who? Because it kind of all bleeds together. Of course, with McGill's and Spain's, it kind of does bleed together. Um, 
<clears throat> but I, I, I'm, I'm just thankful for those daily things. And uh, I don't know if I can. <laughs> I need a pulpit here. <laughs> no, even even you know we. I've never. I've never lived in town, and I, I was afraid that I wouldn't last six months before I got kicked out, but we're still here. Um, but just, you know, content in the small things. And one of the most amazing things I've seen in the Bible is where Paul, and this is very familiar in Philippians, <clears throat> he says, Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I, I am. I know how to get along with humble means. I also know how to live with prosperity. And in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret to being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Well, I have to piggyback on the mats on the harvest, but then I already talked about that uh, in church a couple of weeks ago. But uh, lest you forget, why uh, did did you know I like to care for the land and farm? Did, did you all aware of that? But anyway, uh, I do uh, enjoy that and and uh, am thankful for it. But I've already talked about that, and Matt uh, expressed it very well about what a great harvest. We had this year some coffee shop talk, maybe, but anyway. So, what I want to uh, focus on right now is when Pastor said uh, Ephesians uh, 5:20, always give thanks. That's a lead-in to uh, what I want to talk about because in Ephesians 5:22 to 33, it talks about wives and husbands, and. Uh, it tells you how to live your life uh, as a wife and as a husband. And it goes, I will not read it all, but uh, wives uh, as in their submission to their husbands and husbands loving their wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Um, Christy and I are approaching a, a major anniversary milestone that uh, we feel blessed to be in that situation and so I just uh, want to encourage all the young couples in whatever relationship they are, and there's all variations here tonight in, in uh, their, uh, where they're at in their relationship and however many years they've been together, married, what, and so forth. But anyway, um, that outline here in, the, in God's Word is the roadmap for a good marriage. And I just want to give thanks for that, that early on in our marriage, this passage was, and others were presented to us, and it uh, has impacted our life, and we were blessed with uh, parents that uh, gave us role models ahead of us, but this is the most important thing, whether you had that role model or not. God's Word uh, tells you how to have a good marriage, and I would encourage uh, everyone to pay attention to that in uh, uh, Proverbs 31, the very uh, the first verse of that section about a, uh, wives. It says, "A wife of noble character who can find." And that has been an impact on my life as I uh, 
was blessed by not necessarily um, God placed my wife in front of me to see. I, I, I had no way to, to do that. And uh, she likes the story about how I was standing in the uh, dorm room and looking out across campus. And, and I was a junior and never saw anybody I cared for at all. And uh, she was walking across campus. I'd never met her. And I just turned to my roommate and said, see that girl out there? I'm going to marry her, and uh, that's my wife, and uh, that's a bold statement to make. God bless me in that, and uh, so I didn't find her. God put her there for me, and the verse I really like in Ecclesiastes 9, 9 says, "Enjoy enjoy life with your wife whom you love all the days of life that God has given you under the sun, and I'm still doing that. I've enjoyed that for many, many years, and Hopefully many more. I'm thankful for her and uh, our marriage. Um, I'm going to say that I'm uh, really thankful for the friends and family that I've made here over the past year. Um, Coming closer in my faith with God and learning more and more about him. It has definitely been really hard um, losing my personal friends and family along the way. Um. I like Isaiah 43, too, when it reminds you uh, that when you pass through the waters, it won't overflow. And when you walk through the fire, you won't be burned. He's right there with us. Um, There's been a lot of times where I've just had to um, know that God is enough, like just God, because that's all I had at the time. You know, there's uh, about four verses in Psalms I want to I want to read, and uh, as I, I think about what you all have said, I, I know we've all watched the State of the Union messages, and when the president gets done, he always says the State of the Union is good and strong. And you know, as I listen to you folks. Give thanks for what God has done in the past year. I just have to sit there and think the state of this church is good by God's grace and strong. Um, a couple of the verses are in Psalm 16, uh, verses 5 and 6. It says, The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You support my lot. The lines have fallen fallen to me in pleasant places. Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. You know, as I I reflected on those verses this week, I thought there's so many folks in our church family. And and I really appreciate you saying church family. Church body sometimes sounds so sterile. But I do appreciate you calling each other family. Um, But as I thought about... And as I even look around right now, there's so many folks here through loss of mates, loss of children, um, devastating sicknesses. You know, can they still say, my lines have fallen in pleasant places? And they can. They are. 
And I'd just like for you all to know how encouraging you think that we encourage you by bringing you food and, and praying for you. You have no idea how much your attitudes encourage us. So I, I just thank you and appreciate this body. I, I thank you that I thank God that He has sent us a a pastor that trembles at the responsibility of rightly dividing the truth. So uh, and this other verse is uh, out of Psalms eighteen and it's uh, verse nineteen. It says He brought me forth also into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. How can how can God delight in me? But it says he does. I just praise God that we can serve him together and the state of this church is good. Praise God. Naomi said, I'll go after you. So that means I got to go. But uh, I am thankful for my mother's cooking and I'm thankful for my wife as well. Uh, I, I just want to encourage you guys with something that was uh, the Lord used Psalm 77 to work on my heart uh, not too long ago. The psalmist uh, is just kind of exclaiming kind of where we've all been at different times where he has no sleep and, and he just thinks back to uh, more pleasant times and he's so troubled that he can't speak and and he even goes on to say you know has a, has God forgotten to be gracious has he in anger shut up his compassion and and he goes on then to to make a determination and I think this goes to what's really at the core of of being thankful and that is remembering who God is and in Psalm 77 verse 11 he he makes several statements. He says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder your works. I will meditate on your mighty deeds. And he goes on to, to talk about kind of the, maybe the, the old Testament climax of the mighty deeds of God when they, when the Israelites were trapped against the, the red sea. And he, and he talks about how in verse 18 or 17, the clouds poured out water the skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea. Your path through the great waters. And yet in, in the, the last part of this verse, verse 19, I think is kind of why we are called to remember. Because it says... Yet your footprints were unseen. And I think so many times when we are going through those, through those challenges, we don't see the footprints of God at that time. And yet, in a spirit of thanksgiving, we, uh, we always need to, to remember, to ponder, to meditate just who our God is. You're up. <laughs> um, so... Honestly, like I was kind of hesitating whether I was going to share tonight because I feel like like this is something that God's still teaching me. And it's like not even the first time that God's had to just like show me this, I guess. But um, just like a few things that God's been teaching me this fall, especially. But 
Um, it's just that he is enough. Um, everybody in our life, like, as blessed as I am, like, nobody's perfect. And I think I can just tend to find my um, satisfaction in people and my assurance um, in people that, like, I admire and trust. But God's just shown me um, a lot that he is all that we need and he is perfect, but nobody else is. Um, and just another thing that God's been teaching me is just that, um, just to remain, I guess, diligent and, um, committed to like keeping him in my mind all the time because, um, this year was just like, I don't know, like, when going into senior year, I feel like everybody tells you, oh, it's going to be, like, awesome, and it is, like, it's great, it's nothing that bad, um, but I think, like, God just wanted to teach me to be more reliant on him, Um, just more reliant on him and not on myself. Um, and just every day, like being committed to keeping his word in my mind and not my own thoughts, because, um, the Bible says our heart is deceitful above all else. And so I like, honestly, was like laughing a little when my grandpa shared that passage because that was one that I was going to share. Um, and just one thing that I was thinking about so much this year is like everything that's going on in my life is like, my life is so good and just like even being frustrated at myself for being upset about the things that um I would let trouble me or just make me really anxious and stuff um and so God was just teaching me again just to cling to his word and so I want to read the two passages first Psalm 46 um in verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Um, therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Um, and so it goes on, like, that whole psalm is really good. But just knowing that, like, God is our strength in those times, like, um, and just clinging to his word. And the more that um, I was able just to by God's grace, put those things into my head. God was so good just to give me opportunities. Um, one thing that was just discouraging for me was like feeling like I'm so in my head about things and then just like, I'm not even having a good testimony. Like, why am I doing these things? Why am I so involved with stuff at school? Um, but the more that I took my eyes off of myself and put them back on the Lord, God gave me like good, small and big opportunities just to talk to um, other girls and people that were around me about him. Um, and just like, to be honest that like these things are a struggle for me. Like my life is not without struggles, but I wouldn't be like getting through if it, through it, if it wasn't for God. Um, and then I also want to read Psalm 16, which kind of stole that from me, but I'm going to read the whole Psalms. It's short. Don't worry, but it's really good. So, <clears throat> Preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. I say to the Lord, you are my God. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. The arrows... Oh, sorry. 
the sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their name on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion in my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon me to shield or let, my, or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's a fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Sorry, guys, I was not planning on crying, but I just want to say that, like, learning that God's our portion um, and that what he has for us is a beautiful inheritance has just been, like, the overarching lesson, I guess, and just, like, really good. Okay, hang on, i got to get to it. Um, so, I'm in Psalm 68. It says, Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts. His name is the Lord. Exalt before him. Father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. And I think of that psalm in two different ways. Um, Just this year as I got married, and it was wonderful. And um, as it says that God makes a home and settles people into homes and families. Um, I didn't really consider myself solitary before. Um, (laughs) But being settled into a family has been a wonderful blessing. And... um, It is a joy and a privilege to be a wife, Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm so thankful for that. I don't think I had low expectations, but (laughs) marriage exceeds my expectations, (laughs) and um, (laughs) but I'm also thankful... um, I think part of it was I already felt like I had a family um, from all of you, and just getting to share that with Sean and Noah and Ellie, um, there have been so many circumstances, like while we were dating, I was at work, Sean came home the one day, and I don't know who all was there, but Natalie and I think Ann Spain were there painting the house, and he walked in the door and he didn't know that they were going to be there, and he's like, I just got home to ladies painting my house. Like, oh, yes, I forgot. And um, he went to get a a grill from Jim and Ann, and I said, just beware, they're going to try to feed you. And he got back, and he's like, they gave me food. (laughs) And we needed help with our bathroom sink, and so we called Joel Joel Wilson, and like 10 minutes later, Joel and Curtis Brandt and Jensen all walked through our door, and he's just bewildered this whole time. And I'm like, no, this is, this is just what happens. Like, this is just who we are. And it's been very neat to share that. Like, anytime we have a need, he's like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, oh, we'll just ask someone at church. Like, you just ask someone at church. We need, to, we need a truck. Yeah, I know. We're just going to ask someone at church. And, <laughs> and over and over again, 
I always know, like, yeah, you, you ask someone from church because what's yours is ours, sorry. <laughs> and, <laughs> but knowing that that's true and that we can always rely on you guys and um, just being able to share that blessing with them and see how he's always surprised. I'm like, but that's how it works. And that's how we all are. And I'm very thankful for that. I might as well go next since you went. So, <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> so, uh, as as Kimmy already said, she uh, well, we got married uh, back in January, and <clears throat> I just want to start out with reading uh, Proverbs uh, 31. I could read the whole uh, section, but for the sake of brevity, we're just going to read verses 10 and 11. Um, An excellent wife who can find. For her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. Um, but um, I'm just very thankful for Kimmy, all that she does around the house, and um, just all the growth I've seen with the kids, um, Noah being baptized last Sunday, and um, just all the growth I've seen not only with the kids, but with myself and with Kimmy, and um, just very thankful that um, um, that the Lord and His uh, His perfect timing uh, brought us together. Um, and I just I have that we have that honor and privilege of serving Christ together now, and it's it's awesome. All right, brothers and sisters. Well, this year has been a whirlwind of a year for me. Um, work has been about the only thing that hasn't changed dramatically. Uh, there's been everything else in my life has, has gone through some sort of change. Um, uh, the passage I want to share with you guys is from Ephesians 4, and then I'll just kind of go through and explain some, some specifics from the year and just give uh, glory to God from that. So uh, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. So it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So, if I reflect back on where I was 12 months ago, I stood right up there at the front in December, and you guys all welcomed me into the church family. And two months later, I walked back through those doors in a very different circumstance. Um, and uh, so it's just been um, quite a whirlwind of a year, but God has been faithful to me in all of that. And uh, the day that I walked back in those doors there in the back, I had three young guys come and seek me out and encourage me. It was Lance Yoder, Brendan Stiver, and Jonathan McGill. And I am... That's just one small testimony from this year of just the blessing that you guys have all been to me and um, just to each other. 
And um, so I went through that. I had, um, you know, this year has been huge for maturing, um, you know, not being tossed about by the waves or blown here and there by every wind of teaching. Um, but instead, it was, it was speaking the truth in love and it was growing up into Christ and maturing. Um, you know, the, the first part of that where it talks about some to be pastors, apostles, um, evangelists. Um, this year, you guys have welcomed me in and I've been serving up front. On guitar, corporate prayer this morning, in the back with Lance, uh, co-teaching Sunday school with Bill this semester. Um, all of those things have just been a tremendous blessing to serve with you all and um, to partner alongside you guys in ministry. So um, I'm very thankful to God for you all and for his uh, gracious hand and mercy upon me. Um, and I'll just echo that, uh, you know, that the State of the Union here with the church is, is good and it's strong by, by God's grace and, and we are a family. So thank you all and I love you all. Well, I want to share a verse, um, and I think it says it all, folks. You guys know this. It's a short verse, but it says it all. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 15. Excuse me, chapter 9, verse 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And wow. You know, and there were some footnotes at the bottom of, my, of, my, uh, of this verse that I want to share with you. It said, God is the first giver. You think about it in John 3, for God so loved the world that he gave. He loved us so much that he gave us life everlasting in Christ. And wow, what else could we, as someone mentioned earlier, how can you live without it? What hope do we have? And the challenge we had, we, we have from Colossians and the challenge even tonight of giving thanks for the grace and his salvation, and the opportunity to proclaim Christ with our life, with our words. What an opportunity that is. And with that said, and this is not to puff you up, you know, obviously God selflessly gave him, himself to us in the person of Jesus. Selflessly. And I see that You know, being here in the church since 1981, 82, how God has blessed our people, our family, with the opportunities to give and how they've come forth to see how God in his sanctifying work is working in the hearts of his children. And I thank you for that. As we observe that, what an absolute blessing. And as many of you have shared tonight with what people God has used our family to be able to do that. And just thanks be to God for that gracious gift. So I'm loving this, and I don't know how much longer we're supposed to keep going. We could go all night, but, but uh, I, I wanted to share a testimony of Thanksgiving. Is um, 
Isaiah 46 says, um, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none other. I am God, there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done. Saying, My counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of counsel from a far country, I have spoken and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed and I will do it. And it talks there about how God is unlike any other false God and he's the God that knows the end from the beginning and uh, from ancient times things not yet done. And one of those things that he's purposed is even the moving of a bird from one place to another or a moving of a guy from one place to another. And um, and that's that's the testimony of thanksgiving that I want to give. is um, It's a joy. I praise God for bringing me here. Um, so we, we didn't get a chance to do this last year, so this is my first Thanksgiving service I get to be a part of. Um, but... Uh, you know the lord the lord has shown himself to be that god in bringing us here to you know a new state new town a new church well really what it is is it's been it's been the greatest blessing is is a new home and it's a new it is a new family and uh it's new testimonies of god's grace it's new even spiritual fathers to learn from. Um, And these are just blessings that come in Christ. And I just praise God um, for bringing me here. He knew it was going to happen. I had no idea. (laughs) Um, But I praise God for His sovereign guidance of our family's life. Um, to this place and the wonderful friends we have made and you know another part of the testimony that I told Char I was going to plagiarize tonight from her is First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5 says that we're to give thanks in all circumstances and if you know our family for the last month and a half has had the strangest track record of lack of health <laughs> in our family's history and uh and I just turned to my wife and I said, okay, honey, giving thanks in all circumstances, you know, uh, help me. What's our testimony in terms of getting COVID followed by, you know, getting, uh, what was it? Fevers and head colds and all these different things right in the middle of moving season. And she said, and it was so true. She said, God had us go through that because it showed us the love of the church. And um, so I thank God for you. And that's the testimony I wanted to give tonight. And we should probably wrap this up. It is past the hour. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, these testimonies um, should not just happen uh, one night a year. We should be sharing these with each other. Each week, this is what it means to stir one another up into love and good works, and this is to be the testimony of our church, and um, I'm going to finish with reading a psalm, and then we'll have another song that we'll sing, and then uh, 
And then, Andy, you want to finish this with prayer when you get up there? Awesome. But this is the psalm. Psalm 111 says, great expression of what we've talked about tonight. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart, in the company of the upright, in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied all by, uh, study all by those who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. The work of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have good understanding. His praise endures forever.